listening to I Quit My Job, a podcast about songwriting with your hosts, Derek Harrison and Travis Reitzma. I quit my job. I quit my job. I quit my job. I'm free today. Hi, folks. This is Derek Harrison. Listen, I know it's silly to do a two-part episode in only the third episode of our podcast, but Travis and I just had such a good time talking to Taylor, and he had so many interesting things to say. And uh, beyond that, it was just already kind of dis- split into two distinct parts. Like the first half of the interview was very abstract, talking about just songwriting in general. And the second half is where he really tells the story of Fish and Bird and like what got him into acoustic music in the first place. The first time I, the first time I saw Fish and Bird play was in Montreal because a few nights earlier I had met a girl and she, I knew she was going to be there but I hadn't heard their music before. At the time, Taylor and Adam, the fiddle player, were the only permanent members, but they were touring as a three-piece with a stand-up bass player by the name of Oliver Swain. And Oliver Swain was also the bassist in a band called Outlaw Social in Victoria, BC. And the first thing you're going to hear Taylor talk about in this episode is about that band, Outlaw Social, and the influence it had on Taylor and in, in eventually Fish and Bird based on just showing him what kinds of things acoustic music could do and like how it could go outside of the mold that traditionalists kind of force it into. And then after that, he's going to come and b- come back around to that unfinished story he began to tell in the first half of this interview about the grade school teacher who changed his life by showing him the electric bass for the first time. And from there, we just, we get to hear the story of Fish and Bird and he's got it. If you're a fan of the band, or even if you aren't, he's got a lot of interesting things to say. For those of you who heard the first episode, I hope you enjoyed it. But it's not a prerequisite, so let's go to part two with Taylor Ashton. One of of my sort of portals into getting into old-time music was this band called Outlaw Social in Victoria who were a, um, they were kind of just like the coolest people in town. Like they just, their band was so good and just everyone was like obsessed with them. And they, they kind of did a mix of traditional songs and, and their own original songs. And they were still, I mean, they, they broke up at, at a time where they, I think, you know, just, they had sort of, there was, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, I can't, you know, pretend to know too much about what the details were, but, um, I just think it wasn't working for them on a more sort of, you know, functional level, Mm. but, but they were kind of at a, I, you know, I think they could have been just like, a. they, they were just like, I think they sort of had their year where they finally sort of played like Winnipeg, Edmonton, Vancouver folk fests. And then that was kind of it for them. Mm -hmm. They sort of had like their sort of incubation period in Victoria. Everyone was like, these guys are, you know like changing our lives and then they kind of got onto a bigger scale but then it was at that point it wasn't really working yeah um just within the band but they they you know they did sort of subtle things that that really opened my brain up about kind of what you could do um as far as because uh, i think i i think you know i i kind of came from this sort of like being a rock kid and like my first band was like, we kind of just totally wished we were Nirvana. We were like, okay, we got three guys. That's like, that's more than enough. (laughs) And like, 
you know, like I got some songs and like they got words, but no one's going to hear them anyway. Cause it's like, I'm singing them through a 15 watt guitar amp. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, so it sounds like my childhood. Totally. Yeah, I think that's, say, a, you know, that's a lot everybody's of everybody's first band. <laughs> yeah. And, and I still, and I, I, yeah, I, you know, I have such fond memories of that. Um, but when I was kind of like starting to get into like, like acoustic music and folk music, like, you know, it, I think when you, when you, first hear and kind of get into that stuff you you get a little bit caught up on like oh okay well these are the rules of that yeah a little mm-hmm. bit and and you pick a subgenre to align yourself with because yeah, they all have mm-hmm. their and s- I was, communities i was such a like i feel like i was like a total wiener about it too when i was like starting to get into old time music i'd been like playing clawhammer banjo for not very long and i was like bluegrass music is stupid old time music is way better than bluegrass music but and there's people well into you know their 30s that are still have those attitudes well uh, yeah i mean i don't know but in, when they're in their yeah. 50s they've grandfathered it in by yeah, that point yeah. they've kind of earned their way right <laughs> yeah and I, I, stuck to it for so long it just works now yeah and it, it's like it's 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 cool because it's this yeah uh, so i mean outlaw social kind of like they 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 were like a they were like a pretty sort of they had they were they were this real sort of like neo trad thing that that I mean I think Fish and Bird really wanted to be outlaw social at least like when we first started mm-hmm. and then we just kind of I, I don't know we just had a couple songs that were like kind of like outlaw social songs and then have you as a band reached the same level that they reached with the Winnipeg Folk Fest and uh, everything do you think well we haven't played the Edmonton Folk Fest so <laughs> or the uh, but so, you are but, but you are you, going to Europe <laughs> but have you survived past the point where Outlaw Social called it quits oh i'm not sure by your estimation uh, i'm not sure Pro- uh, probably i don't know. yeah it's been know. a while eh it has been a while it's been it's been like 8 years have you known adam for forever or how long? Have uh, I guess I've known him for nine or ten years. Okay. So you were um, so you Fish and Bird started then because you're only 25. So yeah. you, got, you guys were still 17, 18 years old. I guess. And, and how old were you when that first record came out? Uh, well, I I gave I went around on my last day of high school, and I gave it to all the teachers that I really liked, almost as a okay. I know I skipped a lot of your classes, <laughs> and I just wanted to let you know I noticed that you like. You like took an interest in me, and I'm sorry I still got C's. And because <laughs> you know, I don't know. I had this experience in school where where like teachers would be like, like Taylor, I like you, and <laughs> sounds very I just familiar. yeah. Well, it's just like you know, they're like I you know I actually like you a lot, and it kills me to give you the kinds grade. of grades I have to give you because you're <laughs> forcing me to uh, give you these grades and they're like i'll give you an extension i'm giving you an entire week this essay <laughs> is worth a quarter it's like and i'm and just you like still do nothing. i'm just like i you know i'm just like still like at my house like playing songs well do like, you do you think that if you had done good in school that you would have been become the musician you are well not the musician i am that's for sure uh because it was, in some ways, it just based on kind of how I did in high school, I I never really actually saw it as much of an option to go to college. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just was like, I have so much catching up to do. I've been such a slacker. And, you know, and then uh, it was great. Like Adam, he's the sort of, he and I formed Fish and Bird. Mm-hmm. 
he's a fiddle player and he'd been playing in this band called the gruff and they had they had toured the country a few times and he was like i got some contacts at venues i'd like to book us a tour oh wow and uh i was like he's like what do you think of like next fall and this was like the fall after i <laughs> graduated high school i was like yeah let's do that okay, okay before listening to that now because i didn't know how young you were i thought you were yeah, more closer to my age and then it made sense that either. so that first album like I almost need to go listen to it again. Oh, one, please. The one with, like, uh, please don't. The one with no, little Sadie, it, right? Yeah. It's yeah. really great. I played and drums like, on that. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a good album. And, and the, the thing is, it's like, it, you know, that maybe that immaturity that I'm hearing makes sense because you were 17 years old. Well, so now you'll listen to it differently. I don't, yeah, I don't know exactly. if I could. I, I feel like, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. It's all such a blur. I feel like I can remember being like 24 and beyond. below that, it's like I was somewhere between zero and 23. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Before and, we get into the, uh, the, the fish and bird part, um, okay, you're back at high school, right? Okay. And you have your substitute teacher come in and he says, mm. I want to show you some cool shit. Oh, no, this is elementary school. Elementary school. Yeah. Okay, so, so then then what happens? I'm playing trumpet. He like plays. He just like plays some electric bass. Oh yeah, this is cool. That's because we're getting back to this because it was just like yeah. he plays a little electric bass and he's just like <laughs> and like Bing. yeah exactly. <laughs> he plays the Seinfeld theme song probably. I don't think so. Um, and then like another thing he did was he took the mouthpiece off a flute and he like changed the notes with it. Like he put his his hand. He wrapped his hand around the other end of the mouthpiece and like as he was blowing over it he just kind of like changed how loose his fist was and that changed the the pitch of the flute Mm -hmm. and i i appreciate that he was kind of just being like you know okay so there's a bunch of buttons on your instruments and those change the pitch but this is how that works yeah and i i do like i feel like that kind of perspective is good because i even feel like a lot of people picking up their guitar they're like here's the chord shapes Right. And but then no one's ever really like, you know, the reason that your finger on that part of the string does that is because it's shortening the string. Mm-hmm. And the reason that you put it here and it's lower and it's higher over here is because of this. Like, I do feel like that, that you know, it's like, oh, you don't have to worry about that right now. Right. Yeah. But it's like, I feel like that's not a very hard concept, even if you're still going to then go look at chord shapes. Because, yeah, it could easily be part of the like 101. Like, just let's mm-hmm. tell you all these things. Yeah, because I feel like you, sort of that the meta basics. theory of... Meta theory of music, I guess. Well, and it's like, I feel like you could look at a certain chord shape and you could have a hard time with it with your hand and then like be frustrated that you weren't able to do it. But if you kind of knew that, oh, you know, knew like the basics, if you knew some of the basics, you might just be like, well, all I really need to play in order for this to be a chord is three of these strings. Mm-hmm. It might be like, it might be nice to know that and it might actually help you not be frustrated. That's what helped me with the, the G. Yeah, a G right. chord. When I first picked up a guitar, even, I, I couldn't do you never, that you, stupid thing. You don't so ever do to, the index finger for the first couple of years you play guitar, right? You never do yeah, that major. I don't. I don't even. Oh, all I, all but I do you know with what? The G I is put one finger on the top string. That's all. That, I've ever that, done. That, that, <laughs> that B that B that on the A string. I, I'm not even really that into that B yeah. that B note. I think it's yeah. kind of muddy. So this is why yeah. I'm happy that I that I'm self taught is on the guitar because I discovered the i felt like i discovered all these things mm-hmm. yeah and eventually you, you find out them, a lot of those figured a lot out. of the basic chords I'm, are the basic chords for a reason and then you end up using them yeah but i kind of found my way down this winding road i'm the same way actually with guitar and with and 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 the and the reason because of why i ended up learning guitar i came home that that, that day that this guy came on and showed his electric bass, and this and is and when i was like i was like dad i <laughs> need to have an electric bass like I am going to be a bass player. Mm. I was like very 
adamant. I was like, this is what's going on. (laughs) And he's like, well, tell you what, I own a guitar. And so why don't you learn a little about guitar? And if you still really need to be a bass player, we can talk about it, you know? But just because I have a guitar, mm-hmm. why don't you start there? Yeah, start there. It's like, you know, it works this sort of the same way. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, okay. And he taught me, he likes to say he taught me everything he knows, <laughs> which is that. <laughs> Dad um, joke. Yeah, totally. Uh, um, so he taught me C and G and A minor and E minor and D. Uh, and I think. Wait, there are others? That's every folk song. <laughs> oh, no. And he taught me E major too. I got E oh, major go. out of him. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the first learn I, the song I learned on guitar was uh, uh, was "Needle in the Hay" actually hmm. by Elliot Smith, um, and uh, so I had to learn like that weird version of F that he plays. But yeah, I was going to say that's not exactly the most cut and dry song to learn, you know. Well, and so <laughs> I think I think there was a certain thing where like I, be, I think there's a thing with being self taught that because no one's like okay, well, don't get. Like, let's not worry about the complex stuff. Let's just right. learn the basic stuff. And here's a basic melody and here's a basic song for you to learn. Like, if you're self-taught and you're like, You well, learn what you like. You're like, I like Elliot Smith. And then, like, I feel like not that long after that, I was, like, trying to learn Paranoid Android. Mm-hmm. And, like... Oh, my God. I just kind of, like... I'm still trying to learn that one. Yeah, well, I just exactly. kind of, like, sat there as long as I could until I figured it out. Mm-hmm. And it's, like... You know, if I feel like if I had a guitar teacher, they would be like, "Don't try to learn that yeah. song, you yeah. idiot." <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, they totally would. They would, yeah. and even I would, the great ones, even the great. I feel like they'd be like, "No, no, 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 God, no, Jesus!" Like, <laughs> learn that one in three years, and you figure yeah. this out. <laughs> like that's in like a hundred different tempos, you know, and like different time signatures and all this stuff, and like, and so that's just kind of part of my vocabulary with mm-hmm. music is that I, I actually like, I kind of, I, I find. Um, with just like varying like time signatures and like changing keys and stuff this far away from having started to learn music and having that stuff just be what I was learning. It's kind of like I'm more now I'm just like, I'll write something and then I'll kind of look back on it and be like, okay, so did I add or drop beats here? Or like, <laughs> is this in a couple different right. keys? Because I'll have to like, it's just kind of what comes in my fingers. That's like, just what feels natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like my my fingers are like my very my like my first steps were like needle in the hay and like I mean needle in the hay is pretty well it's like the the structure is a little twisty but straightforward um, for an Elliott Smith song. Yeah, yeah. I, that's true actually. <laughs> um, but just like I was learning these like Radiohead tunes and like I just like couldn't I wasn't able I wasn't able to tolerate not knowing them. So yeah. it just like. If there was anything weird about it, I just had to, I had to learn that now. Well, and that stuck with you because even Left Brain Blues, which, how old were you when that one came out? Well, that was 2009. So I guess that's, I guess I was, oh, that, no, that came out on my 20th birthday. Okay. Wow. So I was 19 when we were recording. Oh my God. Oh, thanks for that age. Um, That has a lot of playful, rhythmic, you know, like, it's not straightforward. It's mm. very folky and very traditional sounding, but when you listen to it, you're like, "Oh, there's interesting, mm-hmm. um, unexpected things happening all the time throughout the whole album." Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. It's it's neat because like I feel like it's you know it's almost five years later, and I guess four and a half. Well, but yeah, it's like five years after we recorded a lot of that stuff. Six yeah. years in some cases. Some we recorded that over the course of many months. Yeah, I first met you when you were touring that album, and you had um, right. You were as a trio with 
Oliver Swain. Oliver Swain is one. from yeah. Outlaw Social. Oh, he was in no. Outlaw Social. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then just recently, he put on that Leonard Cohen tribute night. Yeah, he's he's one of my like yeah. We don't we don't see each other enough, but it's uh, we you know he's just like he's like a he's such a important guy in yeah, my I, life. I remember seeing him that or just having a chat with him that night. It was at uh, L'Inspecteur des Pengles. Oh yes, and. Yep. Uh, and you guys played a cover of uh, that MGMT song. <laughs> um, but I was just having a chat with him over the show, and he, I don't know, he just really seemed to like really believe in you guys. He had he said some really encouraging things. He's like, these these guys are young, but like, oh, I just really I, love I what they're doing. I can't believe a 19-year-old wrote Mark My Grave. Uh, <laughs> I just, I can't. That that song uh, blew me away. Oh, thanks. Like, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not just saying that to like, but it's, I mean, with that, like, again, I thought you were older. Right, I, I would have assumed I would you were have much, guessed, much yeah. older. Hmm. Um, so, what happened between? Let's talk about what happened between Left Bane Blues and uh, Every Shout is a Every Whisper. Shout Sorry, every, yeah, no, it's okay. Yeah. No, say whisp- the full title to, for the Every listeners. Whisper is a shout across the void. That's from 2011. That's when you ballooned the, as a size of a group. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess we had, um, and this was, this was something where you know Adam and I had kind of had a conver- we had a conversation about it. We were like, so we're like making a new record, and and we'd we'd toured with um, uh, Zoe Gigano on double bass, and it was actually because um, there was a tour where, hmm. well, one a couple of our early tours there was we did a tour with Ollie on bass that was across the country. The first tour we ever did was actually on a sailboat, and it was because huh. um, our friend Ryan had bought a sailboat. And we were like, we want to tour on a sailboat. Wouldn't that be cool? And then <laughs> we were jealous. It was really cool. And I, I hope it would be really nice to do it again, actually. I mean, we could do that as like a 10, what was it? Like a 10th anniversary of Fish and Bird? Ooh, there's an yeah, idea. It's, it's coming, coming up. up. It is coming up. <laughs> I gotta, I'm going to ask, I'm going to see what those guys think of that idea. It's on tape. Whoa, it is. <laughs> um, but uh, so like. It, and then but our friend ryan uh like aside from and more than being a you know being a person who was like you know he owned a sailboat for many years and he's like into sailing and he's like you know i i couldn't begin to explain all the amazing things about ryan but one of the thing, amazing things about ryan like aside for the fact that he's into sailing is that he's a, an amazing guitar player um and he's another kind of self-taught guitar guy that just like like you know i'm sure i'm sure he's had some guitar lessons but he was just like one of the he just was one of these people that i don't know he just has such amazing feeling with his guitar playing that i'm just like i'm blown away by it every time um and so it was kind of this funny thing where like functionally adam and i were like we want to tour on a sailboat and ryan just bought a sailboat (laughs) and like ryan was like one like but like between like me and adam he was like both for both of us he was one of our very best friends and just like he was like a close close person to us and um i mean obviously still is but at the time it was just kind of like well it'd be awesome to spend the time with ryan he's got a boat and he's Mm -hmm. an amazing guitar player so like let's let's ask him to play well it's like tour it as a trio and then like that really gelled like it's like um and that kind of you know, that, that kind of put us in this direction where we're like, well, okay, so like, right, it's awesome. And then, um, that we, you know, we, we still hadn't kind of, Ryan wasn't like an, you know, an official, like always in the band kind of guy yet. 
And and so we went on this tour with Ollie, and we just decided we went in in Adam's uh, minivan, and we went um, across the country to all the way to Nova Scotia and back. And uh, we, you know, we toured with Ollie on upright bass, and then we were going to do another tour after that. It was because it had been great. Um, and uh, oh, actually, no, that was I guess that was our second cross country tour because we did it. We did a tour just as a duo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our, our second tour was with him on upright bass and he came along and, um, for the next tour after the, the trio tour with Ollie, we were going to do it with Ollie again, but also Ryan was going to come along. So we we're going to be a quartet. Right. Um, in the meantime, we'd played some sort of home shows in Vancouver with this, uh, with this, this drummer who was a friend of Ryan's who we'd gone to, he'd gone to elementary school with and they'd been in like their first band together. <laughs> Um, and that's Ben Kelly, who's, he's the drummer now. And, um, he, we, you know, he, we would, it was basically like, we'd be playing shows. Those guys would be at the shows yeah, mm-hmm. and we'd be like, Hey, like this song, like I played drums on the record, but you should play drums cause you're a really good drummer. <laughs> and, um, so like Ben would come up and play drums on the tune and then we were like, well, Ben's amazing. So, and it was the same with Ryan actually originally where we were like, oh, this, this song would like, we really want a guitar solo on this tune. So like, could you come up and play? Cause, um, you know, he was there and he had his amp or whatever. And then like, <laughs> you know, we were just like for the next one, we're like, Ryan, are you going to be at that next show? Cause it'd be great to have you do that yeah. again. And, uh, you know, while we're talking about it, like, it'd be kind of sweet if you like, there's like a few other songs that would be really great. <laughs> and like the same with Ben where it was like, there's like some other tunes yeah. that, Mm-hmm. it'd be great so like we weren't gonna go on the tour with ben because we we're just like oh we're in a minivan and whatever we're just like a duo and whatever so then ollie canceled on the tour and we're kind of like oh weird like that i mean well he he had like another thing come up and um he wasn't able to come and so we were we were suddenly out a uh, a bass player and and zoe was someone that adam had grown up with on on main island um and they'd been in their first two bands together when they were so young and um, we were just like, who are we going to get? And we were like thinking about people and we were just like, we'd been so excited to play with Ollie because mm-hmm. he just like, you know, I guess because both of us had been like influenced by him and because he was from the scene and like, because we just had such a similar outlook on music and all this stuff. Like, it just like seems like such a good fit. And then we're just like thinking of bass players and we're like, well, they're all really good and everything, but like. You need the vibe. To you work. know, it's like mm. you, you when you're thinking of people, you're imagining the vibe. You know, yeah. it's not. It's not. You're gonna much. have to spend all this time in a van with them. Yeah, and you want lots of good technical musicians. You got to find someone you can. You relate spend to six months at a van with. And really? it's funny, like I don't like. I've never actually. I've never auditioned anybody for anything personally. No. And I can see how you would want. Like I could. I, I know that that's a thing that you're gonna have to do sometimes. And I just, I'm, I'm dreading the moment where I have to do that one day. I'm sure I'll have to do it sometime. Yeah. I'd like to think that at some point I'll be like, you know, it'd be really, you know, maybe in like 15 years I'll <laughs> be like, well, for my stadium tour, I'll be auditioning <laughs> so-and-so. And, After you launch your solo pop career. Yeah, sure. And, you know, I'll be like, so who's really good at laptops? Um, <laughs> it's but, ama- It sounds amazing to me how easy this all, like all these, how unforced it was. Well, this was the thing was that eventually Adam was like, oh, wait. I could see if Zoe wants to come. And mm-hmm. we were, and I was just like, oh, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah, awesome. And <laughs> it was like, it's kind of like you kind of test yourself about like, how does it make you feel to imagine that person there? And yeah. you're just like, that makes go. me feel really good. And you just like call them and then we called Zoe and she's like, mm, sure, I'm not doing anything for the next. This was like <laughs> days before the tour started. And she's wow. just like, just so happens I don't have anything going on. I think she might have had to cancel like a gig. 
Okay. And, and so she had to learn all the songs in a couple of days and she killed it. <laughs> it was like, it was amazing. And so that, and so the, the cool thing was at the end of, I don't even know if it was that tour or the next tour, there was this, this time where she came, we like did the tour, came back to the West Coast. And it was funny because we were always had to fly her back to Toronto because she was living here. Um, and, um, she like the like her and Ben the drummer met on stage basically. <laughs> they hadn't like we'd played with Ben. Sorry, I'm this beer is great. You'd played with Ben and you'd played. With we'd Zoe. played with Ben. We'd played with Zoe and they uh, they had separately separately. <laughs> so um, then we just like kind of played the show and like Ben knew the songs and so did Zoe, but we hadn't played with both of them and then they met on on stage and like and it was funny because i think they kind of like fell in love with each other as musicians like they're like zoe was like oh my god ben. yeah especially when it comes to bassists and drummers like that's they had a they had a real like kind of like lock in at first like gig kind of thing lock in at first gig yeah <laughs> <laughs> romantic yeah and uh they're they're a great rhythm section um and they've they've been on they've been on some other people's records together mm-hmm. um so was that and, the moment that like did you and Adam just like give those knowing looks to each other and go, I guess we're a five piece now. Well, it was, it was, there was a bit more of a like, so we're making this record now. And like, do we want to get like the whole band on like everything? So were you still officially a duo at, by the time you started actually writing the material for that third record? Oh yeah. So yeah. yeah, They they weren't written with a five piece in mind then. About half of them were and half of them weren't. Okay. So we, um, you know, like something good is on that record, and that was one that I showed to Ollie and Adam together, and uh, and they were like, "Dude, you're so sad." And but, <laughs> and um, but and so we we worked it up that way, and then the sort of the drums and guitar kind of went on top. But then, um, you know, like Winnipeg, we actually was was one that was when we arranged in Toronto on one of the quartet tours, and it has that one is very bass heavy, and it was just kind of like mm-hmm. I think I was just like really excited that that there was that bright bass and then Zoe was there. And so, and I'd had this kind of like, ding, 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 like bass line in my head. And I was like, could you play this? And then we kind of fit that in at a bunch of different ways. And then, um, and, uh, and so like about, yeah, about half the tunes were written. Everyone was there. Um, and how much, how much of an effect do you think that has on you as a songwriter? Um, knowing what, who's going to be playing on the song oh it's kind of huge um and it's funny because um i feel like i'm on this other weird end of it at this particular moment um in this last little while because we made um we made this um you know we just we just put out our fourth record Mm -hmm. i guess i mean the the first thing was it's it's like seven songs so I, i should you know really call it an ep um it just like makes me feel cool to say that we came up with four records, but it's really three. <laughs> um, but uh, so you know the um, with this 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 fourth one, it was everything was written with with the the five piece in mind and everything from the ground up, from like bringing this the chords and the melody and the words to the band was arranged with the band in mind. Okay. Um, and did you write? the arrangements and then bring them to them or did you do that together the arrangements were all written together i mean a lot of times i'd kind of um i think early on with fish and bird i didn't really have arrangements in mind and i'd bring them and like that was something that adam would come up with mostly 
Um, and I think now it's more like, it's really, it's really tough for me to not have arrangements in mind okay, yeah. before I come, but I've made it, I've made it really conscious. I've made it like an effort to, uh, not like if I have arrangement ideas, try to somehow in my brain separate them from the song itself so that when I'm like, okay, we're all, all of us are in this room or even if just like Adam and I are in a room together, um, just be like, Hey, so here's the song and kind of try and be like, show the bare bones mm-hmm. because so you can let them do some mm-hmm. well exactly and i think i think once you hear something presented in a certain way it's it's harder to be like it's harder to say okay well i hear you playing it this way and i want to just play it a different way right <laughs> and so if it's not really even being played anyway then then it's a little easier to just be like oh well what if we did this mm-hmm. then to you know if it's i'm more like, conducive to collaboration exactly mm-hmm. so and and because that's something that i really love about that project is that it's a really heavily collaborative thing that it you know i i kind of can't i really feel like it's um i i want to leave i want to leave space for that as much as i can mm-hmm. um and um and it's it's been really cool and um and I mean, the interesting thing now for me is that I have a batch of songs. I've like, I've got a, quite a, a few songs. Like I've become sort of more prolifically writing this last couple of years, which is actually like since most of the songs on the latest Fish and Bird record were written, um, I've written maybe like as many songs as I wrote before the last couple of years. Wow. Um, and and you know, like a, like a lot of them seem like, oh, these would be great with Fish and Bird. But then a lot of them I'm like, I'm almost like, I'm like, I want to give this to somebody else or mm-hmm. like, I want to do this with really minimal instrumentation or it's just like, you know. And you've been playing a lot. You've been doing these occasional solo tours recently, haven't you? Um, I did. Um, with like Jaron Freeman Fox. Yeah, I, I did. A, I did that tour with, with Jaron and I, I played sort of, um, uh, I, I sort of didn't like, um, I didn't like play a whole set, but I would like play a couple songs in his sets and it was um uh and it's it's it is really it's cool it's like it's it's neat to be in this different kind of zone because fish and bird is kind of where i've grown up you know mm-hmm. um like especially like you guys you know you're, you guys are noticing like i'm like i'm a pretty i'm pretty young and i've been in span for eight years and so it's like um that's that's where i've done a lot of my growing so it it is really kind of it's cool to be like it it it's it's fun for me to play solo or like with different musicians, um, and it's something that I, I you know I try to be cognizant of how that how that relates to to Fish and Bird as like you know I'm just like okay so how does this project how much does it need to be my only project? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah I don't know it's a it's a, it's just an interesting spot. I mean I did I made a record with with um, that was under the name bull kelp with uh um with zoe who who oh i can't believe i totally forgot about that record oh it yeah. was a good while for about two years ago that i was playing that around my place quite a bit oh awesome yeah that's i really great. really like that yeah record. you introduced yeah. me to that i think oh Man, i can't believe i forgot yeah. about it yeah <laughs> no, so i think i've heard that i was like i know i've heard that band before yeah, yeah. that's cool i mean that's that's something that I, I think just because like we you know zoe and i didn't push it the way that fish we pushed fish and bird that like we kind of we made it and we went on a tour and we we played around toronto quite a bit for a little while and then 
it's just it's just not really an active project the same way. Like it's kind of one of those things that you know whenever like we sometimes will be like, should we play a bold kelp show sometime? And we're like, yeah, yeah sometime I guess. And um, so it's it's like a it's a fun thing. It's 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 fun to do that because it's like it's just this totally different setting. Um, and it's funny as a songwriter because like. I feel like if you're like a guitar player or you're a drummer, like you can have your kind of main band and you're like, this is my band. And then you can like yeah. pick up a gig and you're like, oh yeah, I'm playing drums in this band, whatever. I don't give a shit. Like, but like as a songwriter. Yeah, I've done that because I did do some session musician stuff as well. So I'll right. have like, you know, I'll have my own music, my own songwriting. And then I can just t- tag on these little things yeah. and I don't have any pressure involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and for me, like I, I kind of like, I mean, I can play banjo and guitar okay, and you know, probably. I mean, in some ways, I I, I can I, I catch myself selling myself short as an instrumentalist a lot, but I still feel like my what I do and like what I have to offer and like what I'm, you know, like put on this earth, like I you know I, to do or whatever is to like write songs, and it's not something you can be like, oh yeah, I just like picked up this. You know, I'm just like gonna like write songs in this band for one night. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like that's yeah, that's, that's the struggle I've been having because forever I was just playing by myself and then trying to put together various bands. It's like I can really only do one thing. I can I can play an acoustic guitar. I, I'm decent. Mm. I'm proficient at it, and, totally. and I can sing and and I can write these songs. But that that's kind of a limiting thing in and of itself. Yeah, it's funny because you you hang out with musicians. They're like, oh yeah, I had this hilarious gig, blah blah blah, and you're like. <laughs> That sounds neat. Mm-hmm. Like I never yeah. really do that. You can't be a sessional <laughs> songwriter. It's not how yeah. it works. I mean, you can. I guess you could like write songs for other people. Yeah, and that's something yeah. I've been really interested in, and I've let you know I'd like to do that more. Um, and but it's yeah, it is. It's it's kind of you know it's funny. It's like with Fish and Bird. It's like every person in that band can have endless out like like outlets. Mm-hmm. Um doing what what they do in fish and bird um i guess i mean that's not i guess that's not exactly true because um well no it is kind of actually because they you know it's like what they what sort of their their what they bring to it which is you know do like coming up with the arrangements and then playing them um and even even like helping write the music of the songs um is it's it's something that you can offer to any you could you could say sure I'll I'll do that in this project but it's not going to it doesn't it, there's no question about whether that takes away from whether that interferes or something with the main with the main focus whereas like if I'm like writing songs and singing in a different project it's like wait a second like it's like it's still it's, then people still see it as yeah. your project yeah it's like right? what's going on here you know so yeah um yeah i don't know that's something i've been kind of grappling with a little bit because i just think that fish and bird is a really cool thing and mm-hmm. um you know uh and coming up you got your uh tour of the uk Hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah and we're 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 heading over to the, to england and scotland and ireland and wales uh in January for playing like every night for just over two weeks, I think. Um, and I guess the reason I haven't really internalized all the places we're going is because I don't recognize a lot of the names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's um, ending with the, the Celtic Connections Festival over there, which I can't think of a better name for a festival for us to play at <laughs> other than maybe the Hardly Strict Loop of Grass Festival, which I'd, I'd love to play there too. But it's yeah, just I like, love that name. Mm-hmm. 
where it's just okay. like I want you know that's you know that's the right attitude you know yeah. it's like yeah. Celtic connections like yes Fisherbird <laughs> yeah. Celtic connections like I feel like so solidly comfortable bringing that band to you that. I feel like the name can apply to your band. Yeah, and yeah. it's like and it's the same thing where it's like I you know, I dream of I I would I hope I one day that I would love to play at the Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival. I heard so much great stuff about it. And it's just like because you know, a lot of times people are like, you guys are like a bluegrass band, right? And like, well, depends. Mm. Do you have you heard any bluegrass before? <laughs> yeah. If not, then, <laughs> then sure, yes. we're a bluegrass band. But if you've heard like any bluegrass before, it's like n- yeah. well, no. <laughs> no. Like really. almost like specifically not. You yeah. know, it's like Hardly strictly. Yeah, hardly exactly. <laughs> so it's like, well, there's a banjo and there's a fiddle and there's an upright bass and the barely awesome. bluegrass. Sometimes we go barely. kind of fast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and we're like, we, you know, we probably we're probably more bluegrass, closer to bluegrass than a lot of things that are at that festival. Um, but, um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm really. I, I think it's going to be cool to go over to the UK because um, I, I think that the you know a lot of a lot of great sort of folk ish records have come out of the united kingdom like, <laughs> you know even, you know you think of like john martin or nick drake or yeah. like richard thompson and just like pentangle and all this kind of stuff like where they're kind of like yeah like folk music like let's have let's be a let's... rock band and like play this <laughs> weird folk rock you mm-hmm. know and it, it's like folk rock when you think of it on the british isles like to me it sounds so badass whereas like i feel like folk rock is almost like a bad word on in the North side America, of the yeah. where it's kind of yeah. like, oh, folk rock, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, I mean, that's it's kind of like I feel like that folk rock is kind of a term I have started to use, but I kind of feel like I'm cheating. Well, it's I'm, like people well, associate it, rock with different things here than they do in the UK. I but also, <laughs> both of those are so broad that when you put them together, you're just making it even broader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, any yeah. it's anything with an acoustic guitar is folk rock. That's kind of I think yeah. a lot of people feel that way. They hear an acoustic guitar and they go, oh, it's folky. Well, and it's like you hear people who are like, yeah, we play rock and roll music. Then, And then I'm like, you listen to like a, a band that has acoustic guitar, violin, and accordion. And I'm just like, you think you're playing rock and roll music? <laughs> listen to these guys. <laughs> you know, like they're kicking your ass. Yeah. You know, yeah. you have like drums and your amp is turned up to nine, but like. And you don't have you nearly s- the energy. Yeah, you like. You have nothing compared to these guys. <laughs> yeah, I can think of some examples. Totally. Like, there's a hundred. There's just, like, I, I would like to make, like, here's a list of ten, you know, band, of acoustic like, bands. Acoustic that rock bands harder than any. Than, yeah, exactly. And, like, so it's it's kind of a funny thing where it's, like, it's, just, you know, you, you marry, you know, it's, like, when I'm saying folk, like, what, when people hear that, like, what do they think I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Like, do they think I mean like oral tradition of song <laughs> or do they just think i mean that there's, there is an oh like mumford guitar. and sons yeah well yeah and like you know i'm yeah it's it's funny because like and we're hearing that more and more often that particular sentiment well and it's like mumford yeah. and sons sounds more like to me like you too than it sounds like the Agreed. folk music that yeah, i listen that's to exactly what not to say, exactly what not say to, i'm it. not i'm not gonna put a value judgment on either of those things but it's just like it just does it's it's like I just, to me, I want to just say, hey, look, it's a pop rock band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, it is, like... They're just, using different textures for a pop rock band, but that doesn't yeah. mean it's not pop rock. And I mean, like, we, we've discussed before how, I think in, in the first episode of this, this podcast, I think we discussed about it, where we talked about how if that's your way in, if you want to learn more about, you know, the folk tradition or, or folk, contemporary folk music, 
then great. You know, Mumford and Sons maybe is a good place to start with that because it's digestible. It's at it's, least it's, just it's a, getting it's like what you've heard on on the radio, except it has folk instruments. It can get you kind of almost like a gateway drug into something better. You know? Well, sure. I mean, and I mean, everyone has a like when you when you kind of do the like little snaky little path that you do through music when you're like, I like this, and then you're like, oh, since I like this, maybe I'll like this. It's like if if that's about the sound of the banjo. Then I guess yeah, like you could like then, yeah. Mumford and Sons, and you could like Del McCurry, and you could like you know like you know Fred Cockrum or whatever. And but you know if if it's more about the sentiments behind the songs or like the kind of stadiumy kind of energy, it's like well you could like you know Mumford and Sons and like this other group of things that they also mm-hmm. kind of fit into, and it's kind of like you know it's like do you like you know it's just it's it's a funny thing because people are like oh i love banjo and it's like well mm. <laughs> well that doesn't mean anything it's like yeah. you could like the fleck tones or you could like <laughs> you know you could like mumford and sons and it's like those music that th- that music could almost have it couldn't it could almost not have less in common right mm-hmm. you know it's like <laughs> um the the sort of the folk Thing. Like it, it just kind of makes me sometimes wish that there that people didn't care. About <laughs> but you well, gotta say something. That's gotta, the, pro- yeah, that's the problem. Do, yeah. Well, that's like when people are and like, you don't want to go like, oh well, it's a little bit because people it's be like, kind of folky, but I don't I'm just really because then yeah. nobody cares. Honestly, <laughs> I've just I've just taken to being like saying what the instrumentation is. Yeah, because then I feel like it's I'm not it's, to me. Then it's almost like I'm if you want to make a judgment of what you think that's gonna sound like, that's on you. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna. Like, mm, that's totally fair. I like that. Well, it's like, and actually that was something that, that was kind of Zoe, or she was like, yeah, when people ask me like what Fish and Bird is, I just tell them what the instruments are. <laughs> and I was like, good idea. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. And because then it's just like, if you want to think that that, you're like, oh, great. I love Mumford and Sons. <laughs> then it's like, well, if you like Mumford and Sons because they have upright bass and banjo, then you're, you're going to love Fish gonna and like Bird yeah. because we have upright bass and banjo. Yeah. <laughs> that's and the it's selling like, point. Yeah, if that's the selling point, then sold. Great, yeah. And, you know, if if you're like if you don't like if you if you have it in your head that you don't like music with banjo in it, like I'm not going to sit here and and like try and convince you that yeah. you're going to like my band until my voice is hoarse because it's like I I just don't care, you know. <laughs> it's like if you hear if you hear us and you're like, "Oh, I thought I didn't like music with banjo." then great but if if you have it in your head that you don't like banjo then i'm not going to try and get you to like fish and bird right it's your own problem (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's just like you know not everybody likes everything so it's just like i mean i guess that's what like you know really good music marketing is it's just like somehow getting people to like stuff but um i don't know it's just it's Mm. it's it's not what i'm 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 inspired to make music more (laughs) <laughs> then market it yeah. but then market it. i mean i find the marketing interesting because I, I even feel like when you play someone one song you're somehow marketing it to them if you want to look at it that way it's a bit of a dark way to look at it but even you know just like if someone if you're just like hanging out with one or two friends and you're in like a it's like two in the morning and they're like hey like play a song and you're you, in some in some ways you're like your choice of what song you're going to play yeah. in that is it's a bit marketing mm-hmm. but that's that's like a really gross but slightly accurate way to look at things. <laughs> or like yeah. you're playing an open mic even, and there's a new right. crowd of people. Like I'm going to an open mm-hmm. mic tonight here in Toronto, and and I don't normally play in Toronto, so mm. I'm already thinking about what songs am I going to play yeah. that are going to most accurately capture what I do. Right. You know, which is which is an aspect of marketing, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, like you know, even just like introducing yourself to one person, and even if they don't know you're a musician, it's like it just you know you could there's you could sort of apply the sort of marketing 
mm-hmm. lens to any human interaction. Mm-hmm. So it's just like looking at it that way almost is heartening to me because it's just like, well, you know, it's kind of all marketing. So whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's yeah, just, it, I think that it's just because it's as dark as you want it to be. Yeah. You know, you're trying mm-hmm. to connect with people. Yeah. And it's like, so are advertisers. That doesn't mean that connecting with people is bad. No, just mm-hmm. because it's associated with advertising. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, just like Walmart is trying to make people happy. So am I. They're trying <laughs> to make people happy for different reasons. That doesn't yeah. mean it's wrong to make people happy or like to try to. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I, you know, so it just kind of, you just have to, you, it's, it's, it's a funny thing where you just have to kind of, like, I do want to, I want to, like, when it really comes down to it, the reason I write songs is because I want to give people the feeling that I have when I listen to my favorite songs. Hmm. And, you know, like when I listen to like Kathy's song by Paul Simon, it's like, I, I just like, it makes me feel so emotional and like, <laughs> and I just like it, 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 I feel like I'm connecting more deeply with the universe when I'm listening to that song. And like, I want people to, ha- I want to, I just like that. That's what I feel called to contribute to is that kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think there, sometimes there's like, there's like things along the way that you have, that you sometimes like, if you think about them too hard, you could be like, oh, that's a little weird that I have to do this. But you know, I even think like anything that, that ever got like, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm, I just feel like there's probably a lot of my favorite songs that some of their journey to my ears, part of it has been slightly nefarious, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, it's because it was in some ad or it's because someone knew somebody and they got it in some movie or like whatever it is. But like at the end of the day, it's like, it makes me feel hopeful in this really sort of pure way. And like, so, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta kind of hold on to who you are and like do things you're comfortable with. But I kind of think like if, if someone is like, wow, that meant a lot to me. Like if that's the end result, you know, it's like the path to it. As long as you didn't kill anybody, Mm. it's like, it, you kind of you kind of have to I mean and as long as you didn't kill anybody it can include a lot of things other than killing somebody like that's just <laughs> sort of a um, yeah so I don't know I feel like yeah it's, it's really all about just kind of delivering that feeling of like oh you know good thing that there's like this in the world you know and it just kind of helps you mm-hmm. with whatever mm-hmm. so on that note do you want to play us a tune oh sure yes cool okay this is one that that has just been kind of one that I've been um, more and more like just like it, it, it's just been really like it's been really satisfying to play it um, and it's really nice when that happens when you kind of have a song that just that right from the start it just feels really good to play and uh, it doesn't come along with a lot of weird doubt because I find that happens with a lot of songs you know, where you're kind of like, I think this might be kind of good, but uh, I really hope someone else tells me it's good. And you have to let it sit for like a week and go back to it. Yeah, or like okay, months. It still or, sounds good. Yeah. I mean, this one's actually almost a year old, but it's just like, I haven't really played it for a lot of people. So it's just, it, it still feels kind of new because it's, um, you know, it still feels new in, in how it's relating to other people. Um, and I guess that actually kind of ties in with the lyrics, the other, other people which you'll hear later in the song. This is called, it's called Pretenders, and it's about um, the feeling you sometimes get when you when you meet someone and you relate to them so much that that you be, like you get so, 
you feel like you're connecting with them so much that it makes every other person in the world seem kind of like they don't exist. Hmm. Like they're kind of fake or something because of how real this person seems to you. Um, and, uh, yeah, so this is, yeah, this is about that. Yeah. So here, this is pretenders. Thanks for coming in, Taylor. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. So that was the second part of our interview with Taylor Ashton from Fish and Bird. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. We talked to him for, as, as we've said, for more than two hours, 
And then we actually went out, went out for uh, dinner with him afterwards and drinks at a place called Tall Boys in Toronto. And I think we talked for another hour and all of it was podcast worthy material. He's a, he's a fascinating guy. He knows his stuff about songwriting and about music. And, uh, you know, who knows when we might have him on again at some point, cause he's, I think there's more, uh, that, that he could say that would be really great in that podcast. So if you want to check out Taylor or his music, you can do so at fishandbird.ca. You can also follow them on Twitter at fishandbird. Uh, it's F-I-S-H-N-B-I-R-D. So what about us? How can you contact us? Well, you can do it in a lot of different ways. First of all, if you have anyone that you think might be good for the podcast, or if you think you'd be good for the podcast, you can e- email us at uh, iqmjpod at gmail.com. You can listen to our podcast in a number of different ways. First of all, you could go to our website where we have uh, not only the latest episode, but all of the archived episodes. That can be found at iqmjpod.com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash iqmjpod. On Twitter, we are at iqmjpod. And you can find us on SoundCloud if that's how you want to listen to us. It's soundcloud.com slash iquitmyjob with dashes between all of those words. And as we said in the last episode, we are now up and running on iTunes, which is really great if you have uh, any kind of cellular device in which you listen to us. Uh, so yeah, you can find us on iTunes by searching I Quit My Job Podcast. Uh, you can also rate and review us there. If you give us a good rating and a good review, uh, or even a bad rating or a bad review, it bumps us up on the search engine for iTunes, and it makes it easier for people to find us. And so that would be really appreciated if you were able to do that. So now that we're done with our two-part interview with Taylor Ashton, we're moving on next week. Next Tuesday on April 21st, we're going to release episode four of I Quit My Job with Rachel Cardiello. Uh, she's a Toronto-based singer-songwriter, grew up in Montana, spent some time in Victoria. Uh, she's a fantastic singer-songwriter, a uh, fantastic viola player. She's She was great to talk to. She was really friendly. She really opened up to us in a very personal way. It was easily the most personal episode that we've done, uh, and it's really great to hear her story. She's she's really fascinating. Uh, she, of course, is the leader sing, lead singer-songwriter excuse me, in Warm Electric Winter. She has a, a solo album by that same name. And you can find her music at rachelcardiello.com. Rachel is spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And her last name, Cardiello, is C-A-R-D-I-E-L-L-O. You've been listening to I Quit My Job, a podcast about songwriting. And we'll see you next week. I quit my job, I quit my job, I quit my job, I'm free today.